Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Hi, this is Jeff Parlin, and this is 365 Days of Sport. 365 Days of Sport. Yes, good evening and welcome to yet another edition of the Jack Link's 365 Days of Sport radio show. The greatest sports radio show on the planet. Yes, I am Kieran Beefy Blake, the world's biggest sports fan and world record holder, because I haven't said that enough lately. And in the other studio, due to social distancing and just pure disdain for each other, it's the man from Auckland, Mr. Robert Bryce. What do you mean you haven't said it enough lately? Well, how, how infrequently is lately enough in terms of... Just, you know, since last week, Rob. The Guinness, the man I, of the Guinness. I just haven't had a chance to talk to anyone. <laughs> Been stuck at home. <laughs> Clearly. So, uh, yes, the late night, evening, uh, blustery Melbourne conditions. There's a barrier it's a barren world out there, Beefy. I, I feel have, like um, it's like a uh, an urban desert. Melbourne? Yeah. Just an urban... De- concrete jungle, Rob. A concrete jungle or an urban desert, I'm, but I'm with just, no sand. I'm just trying to think of this urban desert. <laughs> I used to live in Brisbane, so I kind of know what that's like. I guess probably only Dubai could be considered an urban desert, couldn't it? Something like that. Yeah. Might have, might have been pushing it a bit Alice too far Springs. out there. Yeah. That's an urban... That, definitely an urban desert. But that's very country. True. I so, don't know how many people live in Alice Springs, actually. I don't think it's more than 100,000. You don't think it's thriving? Well, it probably is. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's not huge. Yeah, it's not an urban metropolis, mm-hmm. so to speak. Was there anything in the news? You must be excited. I mean, the cases are coming down. Fourteen, eleven. I mean, just open up next week. Just uh, well, rip, rip it open. It's looking that way. I mean, yeah. the fourteen-day average is thirty-two point two. Mm-hmm. You don't do the weather anymore, do we, Rob? We don't do temperature. What we do, do we do? COVID infections. No, it's not fourteen degrees, twenty-four degrees. No, it's thirty-two point two fourteen-day average of new COVID infections. I remember when this kicked off. I was quite excited to check every morning. I'd, I'd get right on the stats every morning. So oh, we're at. we've got. A, I, was, I was the stats man on this COVID stuff, and now I just like so blasé. Well, um, I can tell you, in the last couple of hours, the USA have just gone over two hundred thousand deaths. Right, there you I, go. Um, That's a significant landmark. Well, do, do they raise the bat for that? For two hundred thousand, yeah, raise the uh, raise the ICU bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the fact that these people, there's people on Twitter, Americans, mm. I'm talking about, mm-hmm. saying, "Thank God for whatever they, you know, thank yep. God, I praise God." And I say, "Yeah." Well, You've just had 200,000 people die in your country over the past yeah. couple of months, and you're thanking yeah. God? Yep. Surely it's time to start questioning the fact that, yeah, it's not happening. It's not real, people. Mm. You know, 200,000 people dead. Yep. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Praise be the Lord! Have you been watching old Trumpy's campaigning? No. It's really been great. Has it? He's well and truly. He's uh, he's uh, got some momentum. Is he flying? I, I reckon he's going to get up. Oh, the betting is coming in. It's coming in. He's coming in strong. I saw a picture of Joe Biden in a field today, Mm -hmm. just in the middle of a field with a lectern. Yeah. I mean, social distancing is one thing, but Mm. having an 85-year-old man or wherever he is in a field... It's just not on. I think Trump likes the fact that I I think he knows he's got a chance against a guy that's coming down with dementia. He's got a good chance there. Yeah. There's also a good chance he might die of a heart attack, Rob, because he's old. Yeah, 78? 78, I think he is. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's the same age as Bernie Sanders. 
No, Bernie was 82 last time round, wasn't he? No, no. Wasn't he? No, I think he's about, about the same age. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be right. Um, it's a sports show, Rob. I've got yeah. really no idea. Well, but it should be kept f- at the front of things that uh, there's not a lot of sport going on, Beefy. Mate, so we need to diversify. I've had three weeks of late nights, like till 2, one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. What ridiculous rubbish are you watching? Uh, I took it upon myself to watch near enough every stage of the Tour de France. Okay. Which was real cycling. We Last time we talked about cycling, it was the computer game, Tour de Zwift whatever it was there was not much else going on so i thought right i'm gonna watch it all basically all the way through mm-hmm. and obviously the welsh wonder Geraint thomas he wasn't even he got dropped yep for the tour de france anyway so i didn't even have any personal interest that's quite a common name that Geraint is Geraint, yeah. that bloke who ran into my uh kia last year he was named was Geraint. Geraint, yeah. yeah dodgy welshman so do you know the strange thing was as well the australian tv coverage sbs mm. drove me insane Mm-hmm. Cadell Evans, this is no joke. Cadell Evans won the Tour de France 17 times in the first 14 stages of the Tour de France, according to SBS. <laughs> he hasn't even competed since 2014. That's all they want to talk about, was oh, it? Yeah. Every night they show yeah. it two or three times a night. Yeah. Cadell Evans winning the Tour de France. So, just in case you didn't know, Cadell Evans won the Tour de France in 2011. Yeah. And SBS. It's a flashback. It's a happy flashback. Every night. Yeah. It's like, oh, God, here we go. Well, Cadell that's Evans. the same thing on Fox Sport, and they would always just only replay one game of Australia v New Zealand because they only beat us <laughs> once in the last 12 years or something. So I used to do a countdown on Twitter saying, Look, it's T minus 40 minutes until Cadell Evans wins the Tour de France mm-hmm. again, according mm-hmm. to SBS. But this is quite unbelievable. Who do you think had more riders in the field between Australia and New Zealand, considering Australia's rich? cycling history well well, i mean just the fact you've asked the question i assume it must be new zealand because it's going to be surprise you there was only two australians in the tour de france in the whole field in the whole field we're, we're actually pretty good at cycling by the yeah, way you are you're not bad yeah you've got a bloke called jack bauer rob okay he's a cyclist from new zealand he's yep. saving the world in 24 hours good was, it, <laughs> is that, was that jack bauer Jack Bauer. 24. Wasn't he the lead character? Oh, right. I never watched that show. Kiefer uh, Sutherland. Nor did I, so... Kiefer yeah. Sutherland, but that there one. Is a there is a New Zealand cyclist called Jack Bauer. Yeah, okay, good. He's going mm. all right. Yeah, cycling have always been all right. Row- cycling, rowing, kayaking, board sailing, actually. Very good at board sailing that, in New Zealand. Is that, is that the new name for windsurfing? Well, I, I don't... I think that's what they call it. It's, it's, it's on a windsurf, essentially a windsurfer, yeah. but there's supposedly sort of sail racing on it. Uh, I think so the, it's not. I don't think it's even called board sailing. I know what you're talking about. I do yeah. know. I am the world's biggest sports fan. I do know yeah, what you're saying. But yeah. I think it's called something weird now. It's got a classification like RX32. Something stupid uh, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. So it comes under the sailing category. Mm-hmm in Olympic discipline. Yeah. But I'm, I think it's been dropped from the Olympics for a few years now. I think it's coming back in Tokyo. Okay, good. Whenever they might do that. Well, the more medals for New Zealand, the better. Yeah, well, you you guaranteed a uh, women's weightlifting uh, uh, medal in yeah. Tokyo, apparently. <laughs> yeah, right. The chick with the, uh, with the mm, appendage, I'm going to say. <laughs> She's breaking world records left, right, and centre. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, it's a real New Zealander. True blue New Zealander. Um, so, um, have they even teased a potential restart or when it might yeah, happen? Yeah, it's uh, July, August in 2021. They basically put it back exactly one year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the provision of the pandemic going away, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Or, look, let's face it, there's going to be a vaccine, surely. Mm. I'd quite like to see uh, horse racing come in at the Olympics. Horse racing, what, yeah. Mongolian-style 50k races? No, no like, just like the Melbourne Cup. The problem is, it's all amateur, isn't it? So there's no, no money for the winner. There's, 
there is no money for the winner. Uh, so how are you going to pay for the horses? Like, there's no because the horses don't really care. They don't know what's going on most of the time. <laughs> so it's, it's really about the jockeys. I'm glad you give the uh, horses the uh, mark of intelligence there. Um, yeah, who wins the gold medal? Does the horse win the gold medal, or does the jockey? Well, the, the thing, you can give it? one to the horse, but I'm not sure they're going to really value it. Well, this is the thing. Take show jumping, for mm. example, eventing. Yeah, like Princess Anne did that, didn't she? Princess Anne, she did. Yeah, Mark Todd. Yeah, Mark Todd. Proud yeah. Kiwi. Sure. Um, um, the thing is, Life Tate. do they have to have a New Zealand bred horse? Can they just get the best horse from oh. anywhere? Well, Mark Todd was always on Charisma. Oh, was he? Uh, so I'm not sure. We had a Welshman, David Broom. He was a gold medalist, serial gold medalist. David Broom. That David was, that was Broom. the name of our careers advisor at uh, my high school. Wow. Oh, Broomy. Mm, yeah. I'm thinking if you've got the money, because there's obviously no money, mm. well, not that I know of, in eventing and mm-hmm. cross-country jumping and show jumping and that stuff. So do you do the rich people just go out and get the best bred horse or do they would they get a, uh, a foal and then build it up and train it from a from a really young age we should I don't, actually I have no idea. someone about that because probably should I mean we did go to that thing in, in England and London that show jumping the Olympia thing horse of the year show yeah. yeah so we didn't ask any uh, we didn't ask anyone no we didn't talk anything. to anyone there did we <laughs> no <laughs> Didn't you try to chat to some... No, you did. You you, you chat to some uh, random woman on the side of the... Uh, just wandering around the crowd there. Probably. Yeah. I'm not sure it was uh, one of the best interviews of all time, but it was uh, the, the intent was there. Okay. Yeah. We did run into a Dutch woman that had come across, but she was only there to see Boyd Excel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Boyd Excel, the uh, carriage driving mm. king from... I think he's actually from Melbourne, Boyd Excel. He's still... Yeah, he was Australian. Yeah, he was Australian. I'm pretty sure he's a Melbourneian. One of the great names. Boyd Excel. It sounds like something Larry David would come up with on Seinfeld. Yeah. Like Tard Gack. <laughs> it does sound like a side. Tim Watley. You remember that? Crazy Joe DeVola. You remember that? Boyd, Boyd Excel. Excel. Yeah. Very <laughs> Seinfeld. And George coming out with... Boyd Excel! <laughs> Well, they had Lloyd Braun as well. Very similar sounding name. Oh, from Vanderhoof Industries. Vanderlei. Vanderlei. No, he was the guy who ended up working out of George Costanza's dad's garage. (laughs) And then they found at the end the whole time his phone wasn't even plugged in and he'd lost his mind. Oh, right. Great episode, that. Bit of of Seinfeld chat. (laughs) It's on every night for an hour. Yeah. And during the day, by the way, seeing as I'm unemployed. Unemployed bum, Rob. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so Seinfeld. I've had my fix of Seinfeld over the past couple of months. Well, apparently, Beefy, you're a music reviewer these days. I've just got a new job. Well, Mm. I say it's a job. I'll get paid for it, I guess. So, (laughs) it's a job. Yeah, I I get um, bands from all over the world. But but, but did this not come from... I mean, I'm really the one that criticises the worst song in the world, aren't I? So I've been overlooked, essentially. You don't host the second best Scar show on the planet. That's true. That's the thing. That's true. But I still think I could have some insight. Oh, you definitely could. I'm not arguing with that. In fact, you'd be a much better music reviewer than I would because I don't really look at the semantics. I just think... (laughs) Do I like it? Sounds all right. Is this going to get me up and about? It's going to bang my fist on the uh, steering wheel as I'm driving down the road. So I, I can't tell you about um, jumpy bass lines or, mm-hmm. you know, it's got an underlying uh, right. swing tone or anything yeah. like that. I or, have no idea. Or the attitude and sass of the lyrics. I can do that. 
Yeah. I know about that side yeah, of things. Yeah. I can understand English, mm-hmm. which is a, a huge advantage for mm-hmm. uh, for me in this, this role. So in regards to that, I, I'm not musically trained. I cannot read music. I don't understand music. Mm-hmm. I don't know composition, how... I can kind of hear when guitars are Can you make a cup of coffee? With a, with a guitar? Yeah. No, just <laughs> Look, I what, can tell what's you... What's your skill set? I can tell you if drums are too loud or if the lead yeah. guitar and there's, you can't hear too much bass or there's too much snare. I can do the basics. The okay. very, very basic. Primitive yeah. basics, I yeah. call it. Uh, but you're really about the energy, aren't you? I am about the energy. That's a, being a punk rocker for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I've reviewed a load of French punk so mm-hmm. far, which yeah. has been interesting. And French it, punk? French French punk, yeah, it's been uh, that's quite interesting. There's some uh, an Italian rock it's not band. Sada like Sada Is it like that? Plastic Bertrand. Yeah, they were a French <laughs> punk band. Uh, were they French or were they Canadian? Oh, I don't know actually. Uh, surely, surely. I, I'm, I'm, I don't really. Uh, I'm guessing it was French. Plastic mm-hmm. Bertrand. Yeah, yeah, an Italian rock band, which was okay. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really argue with it. Look, it's something to do, Rob. I listen to music during the day anyway, so why not get paid for it? You step up. And it's not as if I have to write two or three pages worth yeah. of review. It's like five lines, and I basically say... It's not a full thesis. No, it's definitely such. not a thesis. Yeah. It's uh, basically saying, and my, my last line is always, yeah, I'll pass it on to the station programming <laughs> manager and see what they think. Yeah. And they go, whoa! So, <laughs> international. International. Yeah. But I, I mean, I do get submissions from scar bands from all over the world anyway and mm-hmm. uh, which i don't get paid for so i might as well just up the ante right hey i tell you what very tough day at the track on saturday oh was it yeah um oh, and- i did watch when you sent me the link or not the link the oh one, the, the one-on-one the, the mattress i didn't it's realize good, it? i didn't realize there was two bunnies they hang two bunnies out oh i didn't know that either oh when you're watching the <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to. So, that. on the bunnies, yeah. which is normally just what a big pink yeah, yeah, yeah. cuddly toy yeah, 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 yeah. on a stick on mm. the inside of the track, they've actually got a double hanger with mm. two bunnies. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, being in traps one and three, they, they're not chasing, they're not going to block each other. They're trying to get a fair race, I suppose, mm-hmm. on a one on one match play situation. Ah, uh, right. So, yeah. that's why. Um, but did you like it? All right. Yeah. I think. Did you see who Dooney Dini Boy uh, ran the six hundred and he broke thirty four? I was I was watching the six hundreds weirdly enough. Right. He ran the third or fourth fastest six hundred meters ever. Ooh, at Meadows, and he's got. You've never seen the, such a finish on a, a greyhound ever. It's the, the last two hundred meters. He overtakes the entire field. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, here's tonight's top ten. <laughs> A top 10, Beefy. Early doors, top 10. Well, okay. I've had, I've this is a, more current, is it? More up with current <laughs> this events? This is definitely up, more up yeah. with current events. Good, I don't want it some sort involve... of... We're a breaking news station. It doesn't involve politics. It doesn't involve current affairs. Does it involve and meat products? Ultimately, it doesn't involve sport. Mate, I've had a tough weekend. Yeah. A real tough weekend. You might have noticed that the um, the 365 Days of Sport Facebook page, please check it out, hasn't quite had many regular updates since kind of Saturday evening. Right. How have you been enjoying the throwback to the worst songs in the world? Oh, the videos? I mean, uh, I'm pretty familiar now with most of them. Somebody made a claim, a copyright claim on Scott Stapp. Well, I... I think because we altered the video and chucked Scott Stapp's... We made uh, our own video. 
hey, no, works. we didn't make our own oh, video. Well, we you you flogged one off some guy. We was it, was he copywriting the, the imagery or no, the, the sound? Song, the he sound. Want, he, want, he was happy for the video to go, but he wanted the the sound muted. So I told him where to go. I said, no, this is a parody. 365 Days of Sport is a comedy site, yeah. and this is a parody of uh, what we do. And right. uh, all of a sudden, the audio reappeared, Rob. I challenged it, <laughs> and I'm quite happy for Zuckerberg to take me on personally on copyright law. <laughs> Good. Parody, Good. see? Great challenge. Parody. That's the way. Don't just back down. They're anyway. Quite, claim it. I'm, I'm coming up to f- five years sober, mm. right? Big round of applause. Thanks for uh, people out there. Yeah. It's not a... Uh, it wasn't a uh, choice that I made lightly. It was a choice mm. that had to be made due to medical yeah. grounds. Yeah. So... I'm trying to think if I can recall. So on our great voyage, you had, I think, one beer after the jousting yes and i think you had about three that night in uh austin, in austin didn't you? on the shiner bog in yeah. texas and one at the super bowl one at Super. okay Mill- Miller and, you, and you snuck through that all right didn't you oh, well it's american beer it tastes it's more yeah. it's more alcohol in water than yeah. there is in american beer unfortunately <laughs> so i haven't really no i haven't yeah that, that's it really isn't it that's it for five years so basically i got gout on. Did you not try once you actually finished the rounds in Victoria? Once we got back, and you did you not try to have a few at the end of that? Nah, I thought you did because no. you got your gout straight after that. I thought that's what triggered it. I no, don't, I don't know what it is anymore, Rob. I'm on yep. the pills, and it, stress does bring it on. Yeah, you know, I think lockdown's probably taken its toll. Mm. So, what can you do, Rob? Mm-hmm. What can you do? I'm in severe pain now. So, I, I had a quick sniff around the internet. So, our top ten tonight is the top. 10 things more painful than childbirth. Wow, interesting. Okay. Gosh, this could be offensive to uh, the female audience, but uh, how is this measured? What sort of threshold is this measured on? uh, Just on pain. Just pain scale. Just on pain scale. But how can um, any man ever really know? Well, this is... And and babies vary in size, too. Do you want to know the strange thing is? Yeah. This is taken off mum's net, which is predominantly... Right. uh, Well, then then that's the platform for it. So that they, they would definitely know. They would definitely know. Okay. I'm a bit concerned, though. Number 10, toothache. Oh, well... But it's such a focused pain, that one. Well, a Mums Net member commented, I cope well with most things, even though I consider myself a wimp, Mm. but I would choose childbirth over toothache any day. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the easiest of births. The dullness and the fact that it's constant is said to be the main factor in why toothache is considered one of the worst pains you can endure. Mm. Number nine, I've had these broken ribs. Speaking to female colleagues, some believe that the pain of their broken toe or leg at least matched the agony of birth, but the one that came up online most were broken ribs Mm. due to the fact that the act of breathing brought on waves of nauseating pain. Yes, well, I didn't didn't have broken ribs, but I must say those swollen intercostal muscles I had just leading up to my boxing fight where I took one, I had quite intentionally took the shot and uh, it hit me in the ribs Yeah, and it hung around for a, a good six weeks. Bloody annoying and, so, and very painful. I've cracked one. I've got hit by a cricket ball. Yeah, obviously front on, which mm. cracked one, and mm. it is painful. Mm. I I bowled with it. Yeah, uh, you do every now and again. You can lie down wrong, and it just clicks the yeah, wrong yeah, way, yeah. and it oh, yeah, yeah. it is painful. Yeah, number eight, broken stitches. Okay, I can't say I've had that. I've never had stitches. Uh, really? Yeah. Okay, you're just not trying hard enough, Rob. Really? Is that what it is? Um, yeah. I've never had them break. But my uh, rugby team's unlucky if I saw the ball we got in their bigger <laughs> hidings. One mum uh, told of stitches that split after a hip, hip operation because of a sneeze far outweighed her labour pains. Mm-hmm. Breaking the stitches can also be a common aftermath of labour, which is more painful than passing the human through the tight 
gap. One Facebook user said, Oh, broken stitches? Definitely worse than the actual childbirth. Mm-hmm. All right, we, we get into the interesting ones now. Oh, okay. Number seven, water infection. Water infection? Yeah, I'm not quite sure, but uh, one mum claimed... It's not like an ear infection from water or swimming pool or something. What does that mean? Water and... Oh, so you drink bad water. It could be, actually. I think you might be right. One mum claimed that they would give birth ten times over rather than go through the pain of a water infection again, adding that she was crawling on the floor and crying. She explained that she was eight months pregnant at the time, which, of course, wouldn't have helped. No. We'll have to look into water infection because I'm not. It doesn't go sure. into what it is. Perhaps it's a u- urinary tract type deal, that type of water. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think drinking infective water, cholera, that type of stuff, dysentery, mm-hmm. possibly. So we'll have to look that up just to make sure. Right. Number six serious burns. Serious burns. Serious Burning burns. is not, I've had a reasonably serious one. Yeah. Burns specialist Dr. Christo explained. Hey, Dr. Christo, it is comparable to labor pain. The post-burn care process is grueling Mm. because it requires wound debridements, dressing changes, skin grafting, and skin stretching. Yeah, that that part, that's, yeah, I've never got to that level. He added that due to ongoing and excruciating nature of of a burn, this is not just limited to the most serious cases of third-degree burns, but burns in general. Mm -hmm. All right, you ready for this? What's your worst burn, Beefy? Probably, I got a really bad sunburn once. Okay. Like, really bad. Yep, yep. Um, and, you know, the strange thing was, it was overcast at the time, hence why I had no sun cream on whatsoever, mm. and it actually sent me a bit loopy. Okay. And I actually had a scar on kind of the on my shoulder yep. where I just burnt the skin off. Like a- yeah, I, I had one that bad. It's, it's, it's not a good feeling. My worst one was uh, my old work, right? Mm. There was a pillow machine. And you, you put it in a plastic bag, you put it under this press thing, and it presses down, squashes it, and then you press another button, and the heat press oh, yeah, jams yeah. down on top of it, yeah. like sort of rubbery type of heat press, and seals it off. And it wasn't working properly, and I'm fiddling <laughs> around with it. And Varney... Alarm bells are going off already. Varney is always in a rush, and she's she's just super fast, right? and slams the button while my hand's underneath it. Oh, nice. And the thing slams down, and it catches and starts pressing down on my across my fingers a burn like sealing into it but then in a panic she presses the emergency stop button which doesn't mean it uprises and goes back it just stays there <laughs> so i'm jammed and by this point she's in such a panic she's freaking out she can't operate all oh, right so i have to then manually take off the emergency switch press the up button which manually just goes up real slow and let my finger out after oh. that and i had this skanky pussy line going across all four fingers did it smell of burnt skin apparently that's a horrendous smell um i don't recall actually because obviously I can't smell, so I can't tell you. Sure. I did, um, I don't know, we had an old school kettle once, and I was making myself a cup of coffee, mm. and I missed the cup with the hot water and poured it all over my foot. Very poor, beefy. Yeah, it was good, that one. Grave mistake. <laughs> what was that on my five, was it? Uh, Severe burns? Six. Six. Serious burns. Oh, yeah. halfway, gosh. Number five, pudendal neuralgia. What's that one? Pudendal neuralgia, originating in the anus. This mm. pain can be excruciating, and the cause can be as simple as sitting down at a bad angle or falling to the ground. Mm. It can affect men more due to the fact that the pain often passes into the penis, causing constant discomfort. 
What? It has been described medically as an insidious, constant penis pain, which kind of just makes you squirm. It doesn't really say what pudendal neuralgia no, is. No, it doesn't. This is what I'm... This is annoying. Neuralgia is obviously nerves and uh, blood, isn't it? Nervy... Okay. Uh, pudendal. Oh, it sounds rank. Yeah, yeah. It does sound rank. Yeah, yeah. Not as rank as number four, though, Rob. Oh, good. Clitoral hood cyst. Oh, God. Jesus. Ask any woman if they'd rather endure labour or have a cyst under the clitoris. Confident that 100% will choose the former. One mum said, Imagine your most sensitive lady bits being swollen, throbbing, with no form of relief. Mm. I couldn't walk, sit, stand, nothing. I wanted to die. Is there, uh, I assume a few people probably just pulled over now after hearing that. That's, that's only number four. Uh. Number three, perianal abscess. Why has it now just gone super rank? Why has it all just gone Top very, end. very, very downstairs? Oh, I think that's how mums get, mate. Oh, gosh. Uh, perianal abscess, a pus-filled growth in the bum. This can be from the size of a small boil to the size of a decent piece of fruit and can leave people in absolute agony to the point where they can barely move and most certainly cannot sit. Connie G, whoever Connie G is, uh, she said the perianal abscess she endured was the most excruciating thing ever. Mm. I've had two children, one forceps after a 29-hour labour and a third-degree tear, and nothing comes close to the incision incision and drainage of my perianal abscess that andy lee had one of them i think he told a graphic story on uh on triple m one day and he said his girlfriend was nice enough to help him empty it and that resulted in uh almost a a pint full (laughs) it's like my my partner she watches um dr pimple popper religiously yeah she loves the old cyst yeah the old cyst popping that just they just keep going oh yeah all right number two Trigeminal neuralgia, another neuralgia here, known more commonly as Fothergill's disease. This is the inflammation of a nerve stretching from the head to the jaw. thought your jaw was in your head, but there you go. Uh, Dr. Darnell explained, this is a very exquisite type of pain. Exquisite? Exquisite. That kind of... That's a strange word to choose. Yeah, here's a doctor. Uh, That kind of pain where you feel like a knife is stabbing in. Treatment options are limited. There is no epidural coming. There are people who have suicidal ideation or actually do commit suicide because of this. Exqui- wow. How can you say exquisite? Because to me, exquisite, it does mean unique I, and special, but it also has positivity surrounding it. Yeah, like a fine wine. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. I think your first definition of exquisite was what this was uh, alluding to. Mm. Number one. Let's gout. Oh, it's coming at number one. According to a U- I, according oh. to a US survey, over two thirds of gout sufferers deem the pain as the worst imaginable. Gout sufferer Martin Kettle wrote in the Guardian that his female GP, a mother of four, confirmed that gout was indeed a worse pain than childbirth. Mm. An intense gout attack can leave sufferers writhing in agony and unable to even let a bedsheet touch the affected area, which is most commonly the big toe. Walking or wearing a sock or shoe is most definitely out of the question. Having personally suffered this one, I can add my personal account that, while I've never had a baby, gout is by far the worst pain I have ever endured. Sounds awful. See, I don't get it in my big toe either. I get it in the top of my foot in the metatarsal. So I, when it's extreme, I can't walk. You can't yeah. put any pressure on it. Uh, when the muscles you're trying to lift to walk. It's, it's really, it's a very strange phenomenon, the gout. It is. It's such a mystery. What gets me is there's no bloody cure for it. How, how can they not have this figured is it a, out yet? This is a disease from the 1600s. Yeah. This is the disease of kings and the king of diseases. 
Maybe you need to start up a gout fund. I do. Charity. Yeah. I need to be the CEO of Gout Relief. If it's if, if it is deemed the number one... I'll tell you one that's missing from that top ten, which I'm surprised wasn't in there, yeah. the passing of kidney stones. Well, in fact, that's number 11 because... Oh, uh, there we go. Yeah, it was there, and I can just see... I've not had to do that either, but I've... I know someone who has them regularly. Oh, regularly? Yeah, he's got about apparently just 20 just sitting on the shelf and just occasionally oh, they just pop up. No. But once a year. Um, this site says, describing the pain of a kidney stone, one user commented, the first time I had them, I didn't know what they were, which added sheer terror to the absolute physical anguish. It felt like someone took a white hot poker and was sliding it in and out of my side every once in a while, tapping the end with a mallet for good measure. And it didn't get in the top 10. The pain was so bad, I not only lost vision, I lost my hearing, I lost the ability to process time and space. I find a position that felt like I was dying less slowly than others, which, as it turns out, was the floor of the emergency room. And that didn't get in the top ten, Rob. Mm. I'm, I'm quite surprised about that. Yeah, yeah. And obviously we didn't mention getting kicked in the nuts mm. from a male perspective. Yeah, that's a classic one, yeah. That, uh, I can tell you... A classic never dies. That does hurt if you... Oh. Yeah, and I have to say one time even as a 13 year old batting in the nets and wearing a box I got a a flush but from a spin bowler it was a a lobby slow spin bowler but it was just such flush contact there's that one I remember and also one time on a revolver uh, my old band we'd played a gig night before woke up in the morning and we're all staying in the same room and Charlie for whatever reason decided to throw a deodorant bottle right there just you know slightly drunken morning silly buggers oh yeah and um Terrible. Direct oh. impact. Direct, like, Im- like on the thigh, sort of uh, between rock and a hard place as mm. such. I remember one guy, under 15s, I think it was. I think it was a practice match. So we sent a wicket practice, they call mm. it in Australia. And it didn't bring his box. Mm. And made it clear to everyone he didn't have a box on. Yep. And I said, you know, just borrow somebody's. Mm. And he said, no, I'll be all right. First ball. Oh. First ball square. And uh, he was out of action for weeks. Wow. Like, I'm Ruptured. Not- I'm not talking. I'm not talking action. Action. I'm talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Struggled to walk. Yeah. In fact, I think I think we actually had to call an ambulance Jesus. to get him checked out because it like it got him square. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, it's all coming back to me now. The ear piercing shriek and yeah. scream of him going down and getting. Oh gosh. But, but there's always a level of humour in it. <laughs> no matter how severe. I'm laughing now, Rob. Yeah, yeah. This is. 31 years ago. Look, America's Funniest Home Videos <laughs> is built on the getting in the nuts. The old piñata with, yeah. the, with the baseball bat. That's always a funny one. The classic never dies. It really uh, doesn't. Gosh. So, yeah, pain. Mm. So I'm suffering from... Uh, yeah, I mean, you could have chucked in those ones rather than some of these ones. Uh, you just kept talking about anuses for a bit there. and uh, you know, we, we, I can't help it, Rob. It's you on can, the list. You, well, I've got to pay homage to the mum. You can manipulate. Oh, you I do have to pay that homage, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got some plastic Bertrand news for you. Good. He wasn't French at all. He was Belgian. Ah, oh, I should have got that. Yeah, yeah. should have got that. Yeah, they no. speak that weird French-Belgian stuff. Yeah, Flemish. Uh, Saplan pour moi. Have a guess of what year that came out. Uh... 1984. 1978. Wow. wow. I know. That's what I'm Because thinking. it's most renowned for me. I recall seeing it on, I think, 16 uh, Candles. The film 16 Candles. National Lampoon's. Oh, vacation. National Lampoon's. That's what it's from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 42 a, years old. Incredible. Apparently, he made a comeback in uh, 1998. They mm. released a best of. Yeah. There's one hit. <laughs> 
So there's uh, some legal issues here. He's done loads of... Legal issues? Yeah, there's a little section on Wikipedia here, legal issues. In 2010, an expert appointed by a court stated that the voice of Lou Deprique, the composer-producer of Saplan Pour Moi, on a record from 2006, is the same voice as on the original 1977 recording. Today it appears from the report of the experts that the voice of Saplan Pour Moi is Lou Deprique's voice. Plastic Bertrand previously disputed the allegation, but in July 2010, the singer finally revealed that he's indeed not the singer of any of the songs in the first four albums released under the name Plastic Bertrand. What? It wasn't even him! Oh, my Nilly word. Vanilli Nilly Vanilli Vanilli, full-blowing. For four albums, they got away four with it. Four albums, he got away from it. Wow, that's tremendous. His real name, Plastic Bertrand. Rob- so he must have not performed live or something? How did they get around that? Great question, Rob. Roger Francois Jure is his real name. Yeah. I think what it is, you know, I've thought about this. You know how, to say if someone releases an original song, yeah. it's them, it's them singing. When people actually go and see them live, they're not necessarily there, especially for a band like that, to listen and critique as such. They're just going to jump around and go mental. Yeah. So he probably could just sing averagely, and no one would, would notice. I can't believe that is a little, just a footnote in his Wikipedia. That's mm. huge. That's massive. <laughs> I'm not sure he won any Emmys for mm. Saplan Pornwell, by the way, but uh, in terms of that, that's a revelation. Absolutely. Hey, that's only 10 years old, that news as well. And it's not saying we're not breaking out mm-hmm. plastic Bertrand news for people, because yeah. we are! Well, the thing is, though, that the recording, that's the time where you've got a bit of space to get it right. You can do do many takes. If you can't get it right on recording, then you never get it right live. That's even truer. So he's gone the wrong way around. This is the thing with... Look, I was around in the 80s, obviously. I do know about Millie Vanilli, but they must have gigged. They won won an Emmy. But I think they might have been lip-syncing, maybe. Well, no, they were some kind of group before that. It wasn't like... But they were horrendous. Well, like, live singers. They must have gigged. People well, someone must have, must, have, must have picked up on it, yeah. Right. Wasn't there something at a, at a press conference that someone was trying to say that they're not singing or something and then he tried to sing the song and he's just... Well, Girl, they're the German, weren't they? And he went, Girl, you know, it's true. <laughs> It's a tragedy for me to see oh, they were, the dream is over. They were German-French, you're right. And I never will forget the, the day, day we met. met. Girl, Girl, I'm going to miss you. That can go on next. You want that? Millie Vanilli? Yeah. Right. <laughs> or are they banned from the radio? They might not. be. They might have had all their music destroyed. But the royal, <laughs> sure, if the royalty's been directed correctly. Yes, exactly. How long will the charade go for? About a year, maybe? Is it Girl, I'm Gonna Miss You? Or Girl, I know it's true. Wasn't that their there's, other one? There's, two, there's about three songs. They did Blame It On The Rain as well. That was Yeah, that's that another was one. Biggest hit, that was the biggest yeah. hit, Well, I think my sister had the album. They didn't I'm do sure any of them. Did. On a cassette. I'm going to read about Millie Vanilli while we listen to them, Rob, Good. so I can bring you some Millie Vanilli Facts. news. I'm glad this is a sports show, Rob, because oh, we're, uh, <laughs> we're really banging out the sports <laughs> news this week. Hey, this is Toddy Goldsmith, and you're listening to 365 Days of Sport.
It's time for Sporting Gladiators! I've got some good stuff for you here, BP. Oh, yeah? Yep. I've got some good stuff for you. This is our weekly quiz, where we basically take each other on at sports trivia questions. I generally ask Rob questions about New Zealand sport, and Rob just asks me any old rubbish. Well, that's all today. You've got a special Ashes 2005 cricket theme. Oh, nice. Mm. Like that. Yep. And just so our listeners will know, this could well be the only sport we talk about on today's show, the way we're going. Could yeah, well there's been be. very little. A bit of greyhounds, that's it. That's kind of it. All right, it is five questions, penalty shootout style. Whoever gets the most right wins. Uh, my first question for you, Rob, mm. is uh, which Kiwi superstar sportsman was born on this day in 1962? So that would mean he is uh, 58. You can't even give me the... It is a man? Yes, I can definitely He's, give you that. I can cut the Kiwi population by I mean, 50%. you can't even give me the sport. That's a bit it's rough. pretty, pretty um, noteworthy he was born on the 20th whatever the day 22nd of September Rob 1962 yeah yeah I heard that superstar superstar so that means he's coming through into a team by the time he's basically 1980 he'll be 18 who would come through let's go Martin Crow. yes it is Martin yeah well worked out well worked out yes went for cricket obviously I can't say who's celebrating his birthday today because obviously Martin uh, rest in peace did pass away yep great champion he was alright one point straight off the bat happy with that Okay, Ashes 2005 Cricket Special for Beefy. At which two venues were England's victories? Uh, Headingley. Incorrect. Really? Do you want to have a try and guess the other one anyway? Uh, Old Trafford. No, both oh. wrong. Edgbaston and Trent Bridge. Trent Bridge, really? Okay. Yep. Should be easy for you this one because then you got the first one. Yep. What was Martin Crowe's highest test score and against who? 299 v Sri Lanka. That is exactly That is a very easy one. Yeah, I knew it would be. That was part of Thanks for that, Beefy. Nice little buffer here. Head start. Yeah. Very, very happy with that. England's wicketkeeper, Geraint Jones, was originally born in which country? Papua New Guinea. Yes, correct, Amundo. Um, we had the same agent. Really? Yeah, yeah. I played with him in Bean Lee up in Queensland. Oh, that's first, good. When I first came over. I'm glad you got that his, one. Uh, I know his dad, Emrys. How uh, was he born in Papua New Guinea? His dad was a missionary. Okay. So he traveled around the world, so yeah. There we go. I think Geraint, oh, he may not be doing it anymore, but he was coaching Papua New Guinea mm-hmm. as well, helping him out. All right. Here's one interesting one for you. Who was Martin Crowe's third and final wife? Oh, gosh. Oh, hang on. So it's not Simone Crowe. I reckon she was probably the second. There's another one that came later. Lorraine. Was it Lorraine Mixted? Murray Mixted's ex-wife? Lorraine Mixted? Lorraine Muller, is that her name? What was her claim to fame? She was Miss Miss Universe. There you go. I'm giving you that, Rob. Yeah. I am giving you former Miss Universe, Lorraine Downs. Lorraine Downs. So she was Lorraine Mixted. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How brilliant Yes. Three for three. Great work, What is this happening? Great work. Oh, unbelievable. Right. How did I remember that? Okay. (laughs) That uh, kind of boggles me too. (laughs) Well, I think actually because there is a story where my brother and a couple of his mates ran into Martin Crow at some bar and par now and they were hammered and he's standing there and they decided to want to chat to him and he really wasn't keen oh okay and he knew they were going to ask something he goes guys okay stop now listen you've got two minutes go (laughs) (laughs) and I think he was there with with Lorraine right and he was basically just getting a a drink before he went back to the table and of course Martin Crow played at the same cricket club as you guys Cornwall Park Cricket Club he was also a very good rugby player I think he played he played first team at Auckland Grammar and he was in the same team as Grant when Grant Fox was there 
Wow. And they're, they're great mates. Um, okay. Who was the only batsman to score two centuries in the series? Peterson. No. Oh. Good try. Is it Vaughan? Strauss. Really? Strauss yep. got 200s. Two's the only one. Mm, I know. Oh, you're in big trouble yeah, here. Yeah, Beefy 3 1. All right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you now. Which New Zealand long jumper finished equal fourth? At the 1990 Auckland Commonwealth Games, and then was subsequently convicted of steroid abuse. Simon Pullman? No, not Simon Pullman. <laughs> oh, he, he, was a, he was a decathlete, I think. Oh, was he? I yeah. think he was, actually. You're right. Yeah. Will Hinchcliffe. Right. And fourth. Equal no, fourth. I don't even recall the name. Seven. Simon Pullman, he definitely got done for being oh, in, in drugs, but I think recreational drugs uh, later on, like post-career. Steroids. But actually being like a dealer, I think. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Do you remember Simon Pullman? I do as a Catholic, yeah. Yeah, right. Classic. Okay, well, you're still in it, does that mean? Kind of. All right, here we go. Which bowler took the very first wicket of the series? Oh, that <laughs> actually doesn't narrow it down. Who batted first? <laughs> Matthew Hoggard. Correct! Well done, beef man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because most people would have said Harmison. Yes. Um, but no, he took because he took six on the day, I think. Oh, did he? But uh, Hoggard got the first one. Right. All right. Three, two. And oh. I'm sticking with Will Hinchcliffe. Oh, another thing on him. I don't know who he is. Okay. You can have a stab in the oh, dark on this. All right. Name one of the two sports he went on to participate in after he served his two-year ban. <laughs> <laughs> like international sports, like, uh, like at a high level, okay. at, a, at a professional. One, one he represented New Zealand in, and the other isn't an international sport. He right. wouldn't have played internationally, but like, like Will, Will who Hinchcliffe? Will Hinchcliffe, fourth in the long jump, got banned for drugs for two years, and came back and played in two other sports following yeah. that on a on a fairly high level. Can I just ask, are they different sports? Yes. Okay. Okay. If he's a long jumper, he's got to be quick and quite athletic probably quite lean so I'd shy away from rugby let's go for hockey oh that's a skill sport you were on the right track as well right when you said he's a sprinter yeah what do some of the sprinters move into the what they play on the wing for rugby team well no they go and push bobsleighs Oh, right, okay. And the other thing is, he went to Canada, ended up playing in the Canadian American Football League, and he played in the World League for the London Monarchs. My gosh. That's so uh, that's quite the he, story for a Hinchcliffe. Yeah, he did have Can- yeah, he did have Canadian heritage, but he was also the son in son of a governor general of New Zealand. Anyway, we'll, well look that's that impressive. Up. Yeah, well, that brings a bell actually. Mm. Okay, well, so that's that's my five questions done, isn't it? 3-2 you're winning. Three. T- oh. <laughs> I reckon he might get this one too. Ah, oh, 2005 Ashes. Which Australian batsman said, I, <laughs> said, I knew I'd hit rock bottom when one night I rolled over in bed to kiss my wife Mal and all I saw was Andrew, it was Freddie bloody Flintoff. Oh. And I'm going to go for the greyhound man himself, Ricky Ponting. Adam Gilchrist. Oh, you <laughs> bat- Batsman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's a big I win. think uh, you can say Adam Gilchrist is a batsman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I couldn't say keep a batsman. That would have been a little bit obvious. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I, I think, didn't he have the wooden in that series? He got him a, got him a fair few times, Possibly. didn't he? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I mean, the big battle was uh, Simon Jones with Michael Clark. Simon Jones kept right. knocking him over with right. the first swing. It was okay. hilarious. I, I think, think I've even heard Adam Gilchrist say Freddie Flintoff is the hardest bowler he's ever faced. He was pretty aggressive. Mm-hmm. He just kept coming at you. Yeah. I mean, that day at 
um, Edgebaston, where obviously England needed three, two wickets to win on the, on the last day. Mm. Flintoff bowled. 10 or 12 overs straight mm-hmm. and aggressive and everything else and obviously they nearly they nearly got up Australia mm-hmm. and in fact if Shane Warne hadn't stepped on his stumps I think they probably would have won mm. so uh, was, the, was that the two runs Victoria? yeah that was the two runs okay. test yeah so yeah. Uh, people forget that Warney was going really really well and then kind of took the most wickets in the series Warney even though he missed a test because he was injured right that's yeah. one of the tests with uh, the, well the test Glenn McGrath stood on the ball that was the first yeah. time since 19 19- 1990, I think think that Australia hadn't played with, without, both, with one without, of them without one of them yeah mm. which is a phenomenal record that's 15 years phenomenal statistic mm. so, well that was the uh, time for England to bounce and, and well you've got it that's yeah. the, if you start throwing loads of cricket balls around Glenn McGrath's going to stand on one <laughs> <laughs> well was he was he playing rugby or soccer or soccer something? yeah yeah, yeah. playing soccer and they uh, didn't see a cricket ball there and he stood on it yeah. they don't play soccer anymore as a warm up okay I think that's the new mantra ah <laughs> oh, well done Rob Three. yeah I won you did yes I'm yeah. back. I tell you what we're gonna do. I'm Mick Fanning and this is 365 Days of Sport. So we played the first song that came to his head. It just so happened to be. It was the worst song in the world. It was the worst song in the world. Listen to the song and it's clear among because the words don't fit and the song is shit. You're a talent. Worst song in a world time, Roberto. What's your backlog at the moment, roughly, of potential worst songs? Far too many. I got three tonight. What? I don't mess around, Rob. You should know this by now. What, I what, don't what, mess around. But what? You, not three whole ones. Nah, not three whole ones. A couple of samples of sort of lead-ins. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. What, what sport are we on? Well, I just mentioned old Will Hinchcliffe, mm. the New Zealand bobsleigh star. Yep. I'm going bobsleigh tonight. Bobsleigh songs? Yeah. Which Have nice. we not had a bobsleigh song before? Uh, I don't know. Mm. I have to look at the list. I watched uh, Autopsy USA last night. Oh, yeah. They did John Candy. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Well, a big unit. It was a big unit and a history of heart disease throughout yeah. his family. Basically, his whole family died between the ages of... Thir- well, not his whole family, obviously. Mm. Uh, it's on his father's side. His father and his father's brother, his uncle, mm. and his grandfather all died between 38 and 42. Whoa. And John Candy did the same, obviously. Was yeah. he that young? Yep. Jeepers. Wagons East. Have you ever yeah. seen that? The last nah. film? Filmed in Mexico. Mexico. It was 100 degrees every day. They made him wear a massive leather coat and he was riding horses. Mm. He was hitting 300 pounds and so the old heart gave out. It was during the filming of that, was it? I think they just finished filming. Okay. Literally, the, the wrap-up party was on and he actually got hammered. Mm. Uh, on the wrap-up party and then didn't wake up. That can't be uh, long after uh, Cool Runnings. That, that was Because that, that was one of his latest films. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't that long after. Mm. He actually directed a film in between Cool Runnings and Wagons East. I, I love John Candy. He was great. Um, Uncle Buck. Um, oh, Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Well, that's a classic. Yeah. Absolute classic. I've even seen that, Rob. Uncle Buck is great. I also like The Great Outdoors, where he goes to the uh, goes to the pub and eats the 96-ounce yeah, right. steak. That's a good one. I ate the 96er. Um, Uncle Buck's tremendous. Isn't Blues it? Brothers, of course, he's in there. He is. You want an orange whip? <laughs> you want an orange whip? Orange whip? Three orange whips. Um... <laughs> Anyway, while I was looking for Bob Say songs, actually, because John Candy, I, th- I thought, oh, we'll have a look at this. This is um, Out of Ireland, and it was on a radio station. It's one of those parody songs, but mm. this is pretty cool. I actually kind of laughed, because apparently there was an Irish bobsleigh team. Right. Which I didn't really know about. So uh, let's have a quick listen to this, just to set the scene. Bergen and Howie are going snowy. We say to Canadians, what's the story? What's it? 
teach Team France to do the river dance and sing Molly Malone. Let's beat them all. Watch out for the world. Ah! We're in the cold, sliding down the snow in the bobsleigh. Gonna have a crack, drink a six packs in a bobsleigh. It's been a bit, some things from the skip is our bobsleigh. We're gonna win a medal, put the pedal to the medal in the bobsleigh. <laughs> well, that's just a great tune. Ah, oh, yeah, blur, yeah, blur, yeah. We've seen them live, haven't we, Rob? We have. We certainly have in, in Dubai or Yas Marina after the Formula One Grand Prix. Yeah, I don't think we quite made it all the way through, did we? We nah, got pretty close. We did get pretty close, but I think we left. I uh, think the main one I wanted to hear was that uh, "Come on, come on, come on, ah, get to it," which they played. I remember seeing. I do like that. The Internationalist, I think that's called. Yeah, isn't maybe it? you might be right. Yeah, yeah. nah, great tune. Anyway, so what got me on to uh, obviously John? Candy, so I thought we'll just squeeze this in because you love this one as well. Mm. <laughs> Some people say you know them can't believe Jamaica, we have a bobsled team. Junior, Brenna, and Sanka. The fastest of the fastest of Jamaican sprinters go to Olympics, fight for Jamaica. Yeah. So this is where they, uh, in, in the back of the Jeep, mm. turn up to get Jamaica, we have a Bob Sled team. No people say I'm not believe. Jamaica, we have a Bob Sled team. We have the Wonder East and the Wonder Junior. You, brother, and the man, Tanka. The passes of the passes of Jamaica Sprinter. Respect to the man, Herb Blitzer. All Dear God, just let it be better than yesterday. Ready, ready. Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. Get on up. It's bobsled time. Cool running. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Gets it going, doesn't it? Cool running. That's one of those movies that whenever it's on, I just watch it. It's just oh. so easy to watch. Yep. I really do love that film. I remember when I saw it, I went at the movies. Ooh. Because I was hanging out at Dad's work for the day. So, of course, I had to kill a couple of hours at some point. I'd say, oh, Dad, cool runnings is on down at the movie theater. You mind if I go, yeah, yeah, no worries. Off go go. Bang. Saw it on my own. Great film. It was, uh, well, Disney took it over because it was, uh, didn't it get started and then ran out of money or it lost a backer? So Disney took it over and finished it off and Disney right. it and it's a massive hit. But okay. I, that could well Not aware of that story, Beefy. That's a bit of movie trivia from could Beefy well there. Be. I could have made that up. Yeah. Might be something it else. It does got a Disney feel about it. Oh, Disney definitely made mm. it. It's definitely a Disney mil- yeah. film. Yeah. Similar feel of that Miracle. Have you seen Miracle? Where Kurt Russell's the uh, hockey coach? No, no. Oh, you might like that one. Oh, is that about the Miracle on Ice? Nineteen Olympics. Yeah, there is a documentary from the Russian side of things. Oh, that, that would be great. It, I've seen the first fifteen minutes. It's unbelievable. Okay, and it goes back to the days of where Russians didn't play ice hockey. They mm. all played bandy. Right. Okay. We love yep. bandy yep. on this show. Yeah. And they, they basically said to this one guy who coached the Russian bandy team, mm. "Right, we're going to play ice hockey. It's up to you." Mm. They didn't know how to train. They weren't. And this is they even the, have facilities to. No, no, exactly right. Not only that. Obviously, being in a communist Russia, mm. wasn't allowed to watch any videos, wasn't allowed any oh, tape of Americans geez. or Canadians, whatever. The Western world was gone. He had to make it up. He actually read books, books. about ice hockey. <laughs> so, and, and they he, just became awesome. Yeah. 
He got him training about that. It's like I'll send you the link to this documentary. That I will definitely. I haven't watch. seen the rest of it. I've only seen the first twenty minutes of the minute. I still got to watch Doc Ellis as well. You do anyway. Do you know? Funnily enough, sometimes I'm sitting there and I actually don't have anything to watch, and then I don't think I forget about those ones. Yeah. I got to get in. I'll yeah. get in. So 2014, off mm. the back of Cool Runnings, which is way back, the Jamaican Tourist Board decided uh, they hadn't had a bobsleigh team for 12 years, I think. So mm. we're going to Sochi 2014. It was only a two-man team, but the Jamaican Tourist Board decided. We're going to do our own Jamaican bobsled song to try and spice up a bit of interest. One, in Jamaican bobsled and two, tourism. Because obviously that's the foundation of Jamaica is getting people there to spend money. Mm-hmm. This is... This the, is what they came up with. The Jamaican 2014 Jamaican tourism board. And it's called... This is your vision of 20 people in a room. What are we yep. going to call this? They've come up with the bobsled song. Okay. <laughs> run the track, run the track, run the track. It's bobsled time. Start out feeling nice You know we do it right go rob not bad it's bobsled time yeah so that will be so for for in the back of any tourism ad for jamaica yeah they're gonna just have that in the background of like uh i don't know some sort of montage of holiday sites in jamaica yeah, so when you go to jamaica expecting to see bobsled tracks and mm. snow and everything that's there yeah i don't i don't mind that i think because of the the reggae and the and the accent it gives it a, a less than serious vibe straight away and more fun you can't go out that too hard, I don't no, think. No, no, It's genuine. They they invented that music. They did. So it's not like it's UB40 or anything. Nope. It's definitely not UB40. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably Sean Paul. Did they cover that one as well, UB40? Oh, no doubt, UB40. They're a covers band after all. <laughs> they really are a covers band. I don't mind that one. That yeah, was a bit, right. a bit of fun. I thought I'd roll it in. And yeah. this is off the back of uh, seeing John Candy's uh, autopsy report. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that, that inspired you to create <laughs> the theme. Yeah, no, I'll have to check. I don't think we've done a bobsleigh song. Mm-hmm. We've done a few winter sports, but I'm pretty sure that's the first bobsleigh right. song we've done. Did John Candy have heavily clogged arteries, or was it more uh, he had a faulty heart? He was massively overweight, mm. ate a lot of movie set food, yep. which was all pizzas, hot dogs, and anything greasy. Yep. Smoked like an absolute 
absolute train yep. and drunk a lot, didn't really take care of himself. He was also, when he got told to get into shape for movie roles, he basically ate nothing mm. for a month yep. whilst working out, which put huge strain on his uh, on his heart anyway. Okay. Fast, some vascular issue that is commonplace with people that do that. Right. So, yeah. So, all- anything wrong that could be done, he did it? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Apparently, he was a massive cokehead as well. Uh, okay, uh, well, that also, I in, imagine, when he, you know, can't when help he, things. When he did the um, that comedy company thing in Chicago with Bill Murray and all those others where he started out, the improv stuff he used to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, they were mad keen on the uh, yeah, yeah. fairy dust. Get a, things a bit of a lift. Oh, just loved it. Just loved it. Yeah. <laughs> So, a bit of bobsleigh stuff. Well done, Beefy. Great bobsleigh theme. Yeah, there. Oh, not too yeah. bad. Not too bad. I'll tell you what we'll do. It's definitely something I'm going to work on on the weekend. Oh, good. I hope so. Uh, vegan news, Rob, because it's sport that we talk about tonight. Mm. Sport, Rob. Vegan yep. news. Mm. Snoop. Dog's vegan friends are helping him switch up his diet. Interesting. The legendary musician. Is Snoop Dogg really a well, musician? Well, it's just going to be all just pure marijuana now. Well, it's plant-based, Rob. Mm. It's plant-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, the legendary musician ambassador for vegan brands Beyond Meat and Outstanding Foods is shifting his diet to improve his physical and mental health. Good on him. Legendary rapper Snoop Dogg is enlisting the help of friends to consume more plant-based foods and other plant-based materials. With such a busy schedule, Mm -hmm. I needed to make sure that I'm taking care of myself both mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. Snoop Dogg said. Yeah, it sounded like Snoop Dogg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really good. That menu log. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, I needed to change up my diet a bit to help me give all the nutrients I need to continue to be at the top of my game. Some of my media family are vegan and vegetarian, so they help me figure out the best plan with me. Mm-hmm. This is the brilliant part of this report, because yep. Vegan News gives you all the top mm-hmm. news stories. While Snoop Dogg did not confirm he has transitioned to a plant-based diet, the musician, who's also a connoisseur of cannabis, that's what it says in the mm-hmm. article, is an investor and celebrity am- ambassador of vegan meat brand Beyond Meat and plant-based snack brand Outstanding Foods. They're a great company, and I like what they're about. They have great leadership, good eats, and healthy choices. It's also important to me to show the next generation about the importance of business and investing for their future. Well, he's uh, he's got a he's got a vision. You know, you know the LA's going to pieces, beefy. You know that is it? Yeah, people are leaving. Really? Yeah, all the the famous people are all leaving. Oh, they've had enough of LA. They're, they're moving to Texas. Oh, it's the place to be. Mm-hmm. Why? I think there's actually major problems with a lot a lot of homeless people in the city these days. Yeah. Um, and a lot of just uh, oh general overcrowding. Oh well, we know for a fact we spend a lot of time in LA. The traffic is horrendous. The traffic is a shocker. Yeah, and there's just some some political things. I I think. I think the woke have really taken over. Mm. Yeah. Snoop Dogg admitted that he sneaks plant-based meat into meals to help his family try vegan food. You've got to sneak it in, man, because so many people are accustomed to a certain taste or a certain way of doing it. So you got to slide it in and let it just be a way of coming in. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. It doesn't make sense, the last sentence. No, not really. Oh, it does. I get what it, I know I get what he means. I've only tried... I've had what was called a chucken burger. Oh, chucken. With oh, a C-H. It was spelt with a U. I remember. Yeah, by mistake. Yeah. What it actually tasted reminded me of at Cochin Airport in India when we stopped over. <laughs> Can't remember what And I foolishly there. grabbed some... What was this chicken burger? It was in a bag in a no. plastic... Like a meat pie sort of wrap. 
like a servo meat pie, but it was a chicken burger in India. Yeah. And I was just, I foolishly got it and ate it, but it was very similar. That's what it reminded me of, this chicken burger, which was all just obviously fake stuff, well, not would, not real. It wouldn't have been a beef burger in India. No, it was I a chicken, was a, yeah, certainly not. Um, oh, I've said this a number of times, that uh, we do eat plant-based mince regularly. Mm. Burritos, we fry it up, load of seasoning. I would like to try them out. It's good. Yeah. Um, I have no qualms about it. We've had the burgers not the best and that's about it but the, yeah. the plant-based mints no arguments no problems yep no arguments is it mushroom predominantly i don't know what it is no? Chick- chickpea isn't it i think a lot of it no, i actually I don't, know, don't know what they make it out of okay apart from chemicals and polystyrene no it's not <laughs> that bad no it's really good a quick bit of uh, sports news rob yeah johnson sports news finally i do parrot lands on head of brazilian footballer during match Parrot lands on head. Well, what, I mean, it just it landed and sat there, landed, or died and fell on. No, him. no, it landed on her head and perched there uh, on, on one of the players. On one of the players' wow. heads. This is, I've seen the video, mm. and it's not. It's not like um, a grass parrot. It is like big a sucker, blue and yellow macaw. Is it's, she running at the time or standing? What's she, she, was, she doing? She was about to kick the game off, right? And this parrot flies down and lands on her head. Must be something to do with the color, the attractive color, or something. I don't know. Or maybe it might was have been a, tired. Maybe it was a domesticated parrot that escaped and Possibly. was quite comfortable. A Brazilian women's national team practice match was halted after a parrot landed on the head of one of the players. Defender Bruna Bentes had a macaw standing on her head before an assistant coach was brought on to try and get the bird mm. off her head with a football. I've actually seen the video. It's, it's unbelievable. It'd and be, then the bird kind of flies off and lands on the crossbar of the goal. It'd be a great shock to all of a sudden just glance up and there's a bird sitting on It's one of the more stranger things that have halted a football match until just this weekend, a football match in West Yorkshire was disrupted by an unusual pitch invader when an alpaca bounded onto the field. Mm-hmm. In West Gosh. Yorkshire, Rob. Not Peru. No. West it, Yorkshire. Just bounded onto the field. Yeah, Carlton Athletics tie against Ilkley Town on Saturday was halted for 15 minutes when Oscar escaped from nearby farm and joined the action. Wow. Attempts were made to entice it off the pitch with food before a farmer came and managed to shepherd it home. This almost reminds me of a montage from The Naked Gun of when it shows crazy <laughs> moments in baseball yeah. and a lion runs on the field. Yeah, the car, the car runs one of the yeah. players over, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of them jumps up and is take, take, try to turn the catch over the board kind of thing and his head comes off. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's cracking. <laughs> After the bizarre delay, Ilkley went on to secure a 2-0 away win and they've uh, they've approached the farmer to see if they can bring the alpaca with them because it's obviously good luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, the side's playing the West Yorkshire League Premier Division with Carlton, which is near Rothwell, renowned in the league for having alpacas nearby. Uh, After 35 minutes, it escaped, came through entrance and proceeded to get on pitch referee stopped game people didn't want to go near it in case it kicked farmer was then called and eventually was tempted back to field Khan athletic said farm animals have been kept near the pitch for several years but it was the first time one had managed to stop a match mm. i don't know how we got out it must be a little gap in barrier somewhere as we've seen some chickens here as well oscar's really inquisitive he was enjoying himself and running up and down pitch he wasn't distressed a couple of players said he was my man of the match <laughs> um <laughs> 
Well, he's got to become a mascot, surely. Oh, they should change their name now. The uh, well, they can build a little llama alpaca pen in there somewhere oh, to hang out. Kids would love it. Yeah, uh, obviously he would not stay there all week. He can take him back oh, to the farm during just, the week, and he can run, 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 run about. I think that's but a, just bring him in for the game. That's a brilliant idea, Rob. Change the name to the llamas, no the alpacas. Yep. What's the difference? Uh, the llama has got banana-shaped ears, Rob. That's it. And an alpaca's got a kind of squashed-up face. So that's the main difference. It's not like two. one of this, um, these bison cow things you mentioned the other the, week. It's uh, not a similar the vibe beefalo. with that. The beefalo, that's it. Mm, beefalo's made. Beefalo's. Yeah. It's not some sort of fusion thing between the two. They're a separate breed. I think they are a separate genus, yeah. yeah. At some point during the uh, Charles Darwin sort of tree of evolution, it, it split off into an alpaca and a... Uh, I think Lama, the fact I think, that uh, they ways. are similar, there is an element of crossbreeding going on. Okay. Which apes are our two closest cousins, BVs? Which... Um, Bonalbos, or yep. whatever you... Is, and yep. macaws. No, chimpanzee. Oh, is it chimpanzee? Yeah. Oh, I knew it Macaw's not Ma- even a great Macaque. ape. That's what I meant. Macaque. Macaque. That's not a great ape. Well, I didn't say anything about a great ape. Bonobos. Bonobos. Well, because we're we're one of the part of the great ape family. Oh, okay. Sorry. Gorilla, orangutan, bonobo, chimpanzee. Sorry, bloody Edinburgh over there. Yeah. Freaking hell. You got it. What am I? Biology student now. Well, we've got a diverse show. I <laughs> already said that. Yeah. Well, talking of... Uh, talking oh, you're, of... you're certainly not a botanist. To- <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a, that's a throwback. Talking about chimpanzees and uh, that. Man told snakeskin isn't a legitimate face covering, especially when it's still attached to the snake. Mm. A passenger who was spotted wearing a snake as a mask while travelling on a bus has been warned it isn't a legitimate face covering. The man was seen with a light brown serpent with diamond-shaped markings on its skin wrapped around his mouth and neck on a bus from Swinton to Manchester on Monday. One passenger, who asked not to be named, why? Who cares? Said at the first she thought the man was wearing a funky mask before she spotted the creature slithering all over the handrails. The reptile did not seem to be bothering anyone else, she said, adding that she found the incident really funny. Mm -hmm. She said, no one batted an eyelid, Manchester. It's not known if he was challenged by the driver over his choice of covering. Picture showed the man was not wearing a mask underneath the snake as it is mandatory for all passengers to use face coverings on public transport during the coronavirus pandemic, unless they're exempt for reasons of age, health or disability. A Transport for Greater Manchester spokesperson said, Government guidance clearly states that this needn't be a surgical mask and that passengers can make their own or wear something suitable, such as a scarf or bandana. While there is a small degree of interpretation that can be applied to this we do not believe it extends the use of snake skin especially when still attached to snake right <laughs> so what city was that in again Manchester <laughs> <laughs> well that, I, I don't know how I'd feel about seeing a giant snake on the on the bus I'm not sure if it was giant it was probably mid a little ratty one <laughs> sounds like a bit of a freak it reminds me of when I first um, arrived here in Melbourne I was on a tram and this bloke was sitting opposite me my first tram ride and he was in a big long black coat like the matrix i'm saying like morpheus i'm coming in now rats no he was rat- twirling crystal balls like david bowie off labyrinth ah. it was a david bowie labyrinth morpheus combo this guy oh really <clears throat> just sitting there contemplating hey, the never ending story was on the other night oh yeah not that that's labyrinth but it's turn around <laughs> Um, There's nothing you can see. Oh, Rob, you're so bloody great, you are. (laughs) And you came up with that vegan news rubbish. Um, 
Malaysian man's missing phone turns up loaded with monkey selfies. Gosh. Malaysian resident whose phone temporarily went missing said a device turned up on his yard loaded with new photos, including some selfies snapped by a monkey. What? What? Hang on. The, the monkey's taking photos of himself. What's happened is a monkey has broken into this guy's house while the guy was sleeping. I mean, broken in. That, well, that, that implies intent. Like, a monkey doesn't concoct a, a sort of plan of well, breaking into a house. saw an open window and thought... Well, you can't say breaking in. It's like... It's, it's, he's jumped in a window because he's a monkey. He had a skeleton. Not because he's a robber. He had a master key. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's not some he's sort prob- of... Probably looking for... Food. Ocean's 14 starring this monkey. <laughs> yeah. So this monkey broke into the house, took out the uh, DVD player and stereo, pawned it at cash converters, but also took... What? What is this? <laughs> Anyway, the monkeys come into this house looking for food, took the guy's phone, and the primate apparently played with the device and inadvertently snapped some selfie photos and videos. One video appears to show the monkey attempting to put the phone into its mouth. (laughs) So he's got these selfies of this monkey trying to eat a phone, basically. Right. The monkey does seem preoccupied with seeing his reflection on the phone. He's got a lot of ingenuity, a lot of, a lot of go for this monkey. He probably got shot after that. Ah, well, there's a few of them over there, aren't there? In Malaysia? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah. Well, Malaysia, I didn't see any monkeys. We weren't really looking for them. No, but even with that, like, a Putrajaya, they'll be out in the bush a bit more, oh, probably. Oh, it doesn't say where he, where, which town in uh, Malaysia it is. But anyway. I'd like to know that. Oh, we'll look, I'll find that out. I'd like you. to know where you do spot a monkey. Um, I know we're running out of time, but I did look up Millie Vanilli. Oh, yeah. And Good. And these... A couple of lines are just brilliant. Mm. Beth McCarthy Miller, then an executive with MTV, says the duo's English language skills when they came in for their first interview stirred doubts among those present as whether they had sung on their records. The first public sign that the group was lip-syncing came in July 1989 during a live performance on MTV as they performed a hard drive issue caused the recording of the song Girl You Know It's True to jam and skip, repeatedly Ah. playing the partial line, Girl You Know It's... Girl, you know it. Ah, through the speakers. Yeah. I knew right then and there it was the beginning of the end for Millie Vanilli, record mm. Pilatus, which is one of the uh, guys of the incident. When my voice got stuck in the computer and it just kept repeating and repeating, I panicked. I don't know what to do. I just ran off the stage. Downtown Julie Brown, mm-hmm. who was Welsh, by the way. Mm-hmm. I remember downtown Julie Brown. She ran after Pilatus, convinced him to finish the set. With a bit of pushing and screaming and a couple of F-words, I think, as well, I got them back out there, Brown explained. Despite the mishap, the concert audience now this is this is the key moment despite the mishap the concert audience seemed neither to care nor even to notice and the concert continued as if nothing unusual <laughs> had well, ever happened but that's what pop audiences are. i mean if you see britney spears or something yeah she has got about 20 backup singers and she just basically comes in here and there as just a dancing muppet well mm. that could well be said for many pop, many pop singers star. i always remember elton john after someone got up and received award for best live actor my even be Madonna I can't remember but Elton John having to be up for the next award and he got up and he just goes anyone who gets on stage and lip syncs and gets an award for best live act should be strung up and shot <laughs> he was never one to mince his words was he Elton right we're at the bewitching hour we've got to thank Jack Link's beef jerky the best beef jerky on the planet do you know why it's the best beef jerky on the planet Rob because it's the food of astronauts. It is the food of astronauts. It's 100% pure New Zealand beef. 100% pure New Zealand beef. You can't yeah. get better than Jack Link's beef jerky. It doesn't matter whether you're in Australia, New Zealand or America or the UK. Buy some Jack Link's beef jerky. It is the friend of the lockdown. 
That's all is. i got to say. So <laughs> thanks to Jack Link's Beef Jerky. Go to your supermarket and buy some. You will not be disappointed. Uh, anything exciting coming up, Rob? No. No, didn't think so. AFL football finals are coming up. They are we? coming up. I feel like we forgot to talk about that, didn't we? No. Yeah, my team's no, we didn't. gone. This uh, 169, this was. Show nice. 169. All right. This has been 365 Days of Sport, the greatest sports radio show on the planet. <laughs> we'll see you next week.